from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You bet. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. It is the eve of the Cardinals opening up their playoff run as we welcome you into Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. Only have you for one hour tonight. We'll lead you right into a Thursday night of football. If you want to join the program, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. 314-436-7900. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Coming up on the program tonight, Steve Chapman from the St. Louis Blues is going to join us. He is their uh, chief revenue marketing officer. We're going to find out about the uh, Blues Hall of Fame that is set to uh, get uh, started. Really, really cool. Found out that information uh, earlier in the week and want to talk a little blues uh, hockey with him in the Hall of Fame. But we will mostly be talking Cardinals baseball on the program today. Uh, Media Day uh, over at uh, Bush Stadium earlier today. Uh, John Mozeliak, Oliver Marmel, Jose Quintana all speaking with the media in a, a large form session and then individuals speaking in the clubhouse after they went through a workout. We're going to have a lot of audio the second half hour of uh, this hour. So from 6.30 to 7 o'clock is largely going to be uh, audio from uh, what happened uh, earlier today. If you did not hear the news of the day, Jose Quintana is the Game 1 starter. The Game 2 starter will be Miles Michaelis. And then here over the last hour or so, starting to get some uh, reports on what the roster is going to look like. Nothing officially official quite yet as uh, the Cardinals have not yet submitted the roster. But uh, as it sits right now, uh, it does look like Nolan Gorman is going to be on the roster. Alec Burleson will not be on the roster. There's also an expectation that uh, Paul DeYoung and Ben Deluzio will be on the roster. Packy not expected to be on the roster as well, while Henesis Cabrera would not be. And um, still trying to figure out if there's any way for Chris Stratton to be on the roster. Just as some of this information is starting to come in. You don't really know what it's going to look like, and uh, at some point you do run into a bit of a numbers crunch, and what the roster looks like for a three-game series is going to be different than what a roster looks like for a five-game series and a seven-game series. And the Cardinals also announced earlier today that all five starting pitchers are going to be on the wild-card roster, which is a little bit of a surprise because you you don't need four starting pitchers, much less five, uh, but they will use uh, starting pitchers in different roles during this wild-card series as well. I got to tell you, like, there is just something special, just something special about playoff baseball and playoff day baseball. Like, I can't, I am so excited, so excited to be able to drive in to downtown tomorrow and just feel the excitement. Um, Here's a memo to parents out there, and I am a parent of a three-year-old who, um, goes to preschool. So if we happen to hold her out of school one day, it's not exactly the biggest deal in the world. But um, if you are still in the decision-making process, parents, you have tickets for tomorrow's game, and you're trying to decide whether or not you're going to let your kids stay home from school and go to the game, let them go to the game. Let them go to the game. I guess I don't know the the exact personal situations of what's going on in your life and the school situation, but let them go. I can't tell you how many times – uh, when I was in school, high school, middle school, whatever, and whether it was opening day, which is a day game, or playoff games, which were a day game, where my parents let me out of school and took me to the game. And 
it had a huge impact, huge impact on uh, on on where where I went in my life, and here I am, uh, part of the Cardinals Radio Network now, which is which is pretty cool. My favorite story when it comes to that, I remember. I played high school football. I was a horrible high school football player. I mean, you you couldn't get much worse at football than I was. I was an atrocious high school football player. So went to Ladue, uh, played high school football. I was uh, I, I was not going to play any minutes of significance. So there's a game one of a playoff series. I can't remember exactly what year it would have been. I got I should have gone and looked that up, but. Uh, I skipped football practice. I did not go to football practice because I wanted to go to the playoff game. And there was like maybe 10 of us on the high school football team that did that. And it was one of those series where they played game one, they had an off day, and then they played game two the next day after. So I skipped football practice. I go to the game. Next day, I'm at football practice, and you know all the other guys who uh, skip football practice as well to go to the Cardinals game, and I, we had to do something. I don't know, run sprints or what, whatever. And then the coaches brought us all together as a team, and I, I remember, I remember so vividly. It was so long ago. I graduated high school in 2001, so it's been 20 plus years since this happened. But I still remember so vividly. Uh, they brought us all together, and the coaches said, "If you got tickets for tomorrow's game, you better find somebody else to use them." So again, I'm a horrible high school football player. I got tickets for game two. Am I really going to go to high school football practice when uh, when I got tickets to a game two of a playoff series? Heck no. So uh, all the other guys who were all better football players than me, uh, they all went to practice the next day. I went to the baseball game, and I still I, I remember then the next football practice after that. Uh, our defensive coordinator, his name was Keith Harder. He's still around, Coach Harder. I think he owns a driving school now or does something like that. Um, I remember getting out to practice, and his words were, Paulie, start running. And I ran the entire practice. That was it. Like, the entire they, – they went through practice, and, like, the entire time I was just running laps. And, again – I wasn't very good. I wasn't going to like play or anything that weekend. So they really didn't need me to practice, which again goes to the point of why I didn't go in the first place and went to the game, but uh, worth it. Absolutely worth it to this day. So parents, if you are out there and you're trying to decide whether or not you are going to let your kids miss practice, miss school, whatever, to go to the day playoff game tomorrow and all the other day playoff games that are going to be coming up as the Cardinals continue to advance, let them out of school, let them out of practice, Go to the baseball game. That's the better thing to do. 314-436-7900. Matt Pauley promoting truancy on Sports Open Line here on KMOX. That can be uh, that can be the headline. All right. Um, when we come back, I do want to talk a little St. Louis Blues hockey. Uh, they announced the starting of the St. Louis Blues uh, Hall of Fame, which is something that was uh, a long time coming for this organization when you consider the history of the organization. And uh, we're very happy uh, in just a few moments. Uh, we are going to uh, have uh, on the program somebody to uh, be able to talk about that. And Steve Chapman, he works for the Blues as their uh, chief revenue and marketing officer. He joins us next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on KMOX. My name's Matt Pauley. On the eve of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals opening up their playoff run tomorrow against the Phillies. 107 first pitch, by the way. 
expanded playoff coverage begins at 12 noon tomorrow. For a little bit, we are going to uh, switch gears and we're going to talk some St. Louis Blues hockey specifically about a big announcement that came out uh, over the last few days that the club is set to establish the Blues Hall of Fame. To talk about that, we welcome on to the program Steve Chapman. He is the Chief Revenue Officer and Marketing Officer uh, with the Blues. Steve, thanks so much for taking uh, some time. How are you? Hey Matt, good to be, good to be on it. And before we get going here, let me just say, let's go Cards. Hope we uh, hope we get a good run and uh, play into the November. Yeah, you know it's pretty cool. You guys moved uh, a game time around to be able to uh, accommodate that, and it's it's always fun for me watching kind of the relationship between the Blues and the Cardinals and how much the two organizations mm-hmm. are able to root each other on. And now as St. Louis City is coming on, it seems like they're kind of entering that ecosystem as well. But it's a lot of fun uh, just to watch all that. No, it hundred percent is. We all, you know. First of all, we're all united in, in being trying to represent and be from St. Louis and united and bringing people downtown and, and trying to make sure that we work together to uh, to just ensure people have a good time. But they're good friends of ours. Um, we're, uh, we're, we're as excited as anybody else is to cheer them on. All right, so the uh, the Blues announcing that they would be establishing a Hall of Fame. There's going to be 10 automatic inductions, eight players who have had their numbers uh, retired by the team, in addition to uh, original team owner uh, Sid Solomon Jr. and also a Hall of Fame broadcaster Dan Kelly. And then the uh, initial induction class is going to be announced on opening night on, on October 15th. Uh, it, it seems like this is a long time coming. What went into the decision to f- go ahead and move forward with this? Well, you're right. I mean, it is a long time. It's 50 years of great players and great memories. And, uh, you know, it's just something that's that's taken a little bit of, of time to plan exactly how to do it with the renovations of the building, how we were going to um, showcase the, the Hall of Fame within the building. And so it's taken a little bit of time to figure out exactly how to do that. But it's something, you know, really it's for the fans. I mean, we have some of the great best fans in the National Hockey League that they've supported this organization and this team so well. But then the next, you know, the next step of that is, is truly our alumni. I mean, our alumni that have been, uh, it's its pretty remarkable, the players that have come through St. Louis and contributed to this organization. And then even beyond that, the contributions they make, not only on the ice, but off the ice in the community. And so we just felt like it was time to uh, to do this, to get it going. And um, you know what, to honor a lot of our greats that, uh, that you know, should have their, their names enshrined. Are you able to share at all what it's going to look like in terms of actually the, the physical presence that's going to exist? Yeah, well, to start, um, it, it's within the building itself, uh, th- there will be banners that will represent each of the inductees as they are inducted into the, um, into the, uh, the Blues Hall of Fame. So their names will hang on banners within the concourse level of the building. And, um, you know, we have plenty of space to be able to do this for many years. And then there's possibilities to even move upstairs in the mezzanine level. So it'll just be something that will add flavor and color to the, you know, of the blues to uh, to the facility. What's been the reaction from some of the alumni as this announcement was made, maybe of the, uh, uh, you know, the, the members, uh, you know, when an Al McKinnis finds out or a Brett Hall finds out, what's been the reaction? Well, I think they're excited about it. I mean, you know, anytime you can, anytime that you can, uh, you know, have your own name enshrined and honored, and, and that's something that, that just, it's a part of history. So I think they're very excited. I think they're very um, honored to be a part of it. And honestly, looking forward to the events to come back and, and mingle with the fans and, and enjoy those as well. Yeah, to, to that end, and we'll, we'll let you go in a second, but obviously the season's right around the corner. Preseason games are being played, playing in Columbus uh, tonight. 
last year at this time we're still it felt a lot more for lack of a better term covidy and it's it's starting not that it's gone but we're we're coming out of that and every day seems more and more normal how excited are you guys to have what really feels like can be a normal season well i I like that you know uh, the term covidy you're right i mean it's i can't tell you how many times either i personally have said or felt or other people um, you know, recently we had a Pearl Jam concert at, at Enterprise, and I was there with some friends, and it was just so good to gather. And last year we were able to kind of get that back on track again, and, and I think people, you know, they're, you, you miss simple things, and, and hopefully we don't take them granted for a while, but you miss the, the opportunity to gather together and cheer for the home team and, you know, enjoy a couple of beers and a hot dog and, and, and watch the Blues play. And so the excitement and the energy and everything else that we've seen from the fans over the last year and expecting to go into this season. Um, we're going into the season with a record number of tickets already pre-sold for the for the season, and uh, we're, we're just really excited to get going. Are you a big Pearl Jam guy? I'm a huge Pearl Jam guy, one of my favorites. All right, very good, very good. Well, uh, we appreciate you taking some uh, time with us. We wanted to certainly share all the information uh, about the Blues Hall of Fame. One last thing for you on that before I let you go, because there is an opportunity for fans to participate at uh, stlouisblues.com slash Hall of Fame. What will the fan participation look like in this? Well, right now you can go uh, online to, like you said, stlblues.com backslash Hall of Fame and vote for your, um, you know, who you think should be enshrined into the Blues Hall of Fame. There's a 21-person committee, um, and it's it's really a combination of a lot of things, listening to the fans to give them a voice, uh, give them an opportunity to, to vote for who they think they should go in now. But it also helps us with the fan voice to see, like even for future classes, you know, who, who the fans really want to see enshrined. So it's a combination of, of getting the fan voice, allowing a committee that, that um, can maybe look at all the details and everything else and has the knowledge to really uh, weigh in and combine that. And, and I think we'll come up with the right people at the right time to enshrine. Steve, great stuff. Great to get to know you a little bit. And uh, hopefully we can get you back on the program in the future. Sounds good, Matt. Appreciate it. Awesome. There's Steve Chapman. He is the uh, Blues Chief Revenue and Marketing Officer, talking Blues Hall of Fame. And Blues season just right around the corner is about to get uh, get started, and we are excited about St. Louis Blues hockey. All right, uh, when we return, we're really going to lock into what happened earlier today uh, at Media Day, a lot of conversations being had, uh, and we're going to share a lot of the audio from that as we get set for Game 1 of the Cardinals and the Phillies coming up tomorrow afternoon. So strap in. We're going to hear from a lot of folks saying, a lot of different things as we continue on with Sports Open Line in just a moment on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yannier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Only have you for about 28 more minutes. We take you till 7 o'clock, leading you right into Thursday night football. Broncos and Colts coming up tonight. If you want to join the program, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, by the way, so I'm going to be starting a new series of podcasts. It's going to be called Cardscast, and it's going to be a uh, St. Louis Cardinals-based podcast. That will be exclusive uh, to KMOX.com and the Odyssey app. Uh, the first one, which will be a preview of this uh, Cardinals Philly series, going to probably drop tonight. So uh, go to KMOX.com, go to the podcast, and go to uh, Cards uh, Cardinals Conversations, and that's where it's going to uh, live and uh, also on the uh, Odyssey app. 
I got a text message. So earlier, if you didn't hear, I opened up the show just encouraging all the parents out there to, if you got tickets for tomorrow's game and you're debating internally whether or not to take your kid out of school and let them go to the game, let them go. Let them go to the game. That, that is my official recommendation here. Uh, let them go. I have so many great opportunities, uh, great memories of uh, where my parents let me out of school, let me out of whatever to be able to go to uh, baseball day games. And it, it impacted me in a very, very big way. So I uh, got a text message from the 314 said, you're lucky. I had to be almost half dead in order to miss school. So bad I would run around with the old mercury thermometer in my mouth, hoping for a fever. My only way to miss never for baseball. Ira, so I had one of those old mercury thermometers and like the non-electric ones and I remember one time trying to fake a fever and I put the tip of it on a light bulb and that thing exploded on me. The thing like cuz it gets too hot and it just shoots out the back end and I completely ruined a thermometer trying to fake sick and I think I ended up going to school that day. Uh but yeah, I I did not have to fake sick to go to baseball games. So Get the kids to baseball games. Get them to Cardinal games. That's uh, that is my official recommendation. Earlier today, uh, media day over at uh, Bush Stadium. We heard from uh, John Mozeliak. We heard from Oliver Marmel. We heard from Jose Quintana. And then uh, players did speak to uh, reporters in the clubhouse after they had a uh, workout. Uh, Marmel was the first one to spoke uh, to speak. Excuse me, and he announced that it would be Jose Quintana in game number one. He explained why the decision to go with Quintana. Gosh, we uh, we thought of it quite a bit at the end of the day. Um, Q's done a phenomenal job. He's uh, on a mission, and he's performed extremely well. Uh, and when you look at uh, this series and the top of that lineup and just matching up overall, we felt pretty good about him taking game one. Ollie, when you take into consideration what Jose Quintana has accomplished in his career, what does it mean for him? Have you conversed with him about the meaning of starting a postseason game? Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to be able to sit him down and let him know that he was taking that first game. Um, there was excitement on his side, obviously, but uh, he's had a pretty good career. And he, he came here, we talked about it as soon as he got here. There's something about it, just look in his eyes. He, he was on a mission. Uh, he was pitching for something meaningful. And he took every start and every pitch he made um, like it was his last pitch. And uh, it was good to be able to sit him down and say, hey, man, you, you've earned this, but you, you've got game one. Think about the past few months for Quintana. You're on a horrible pitch. Like, even if you think about the last year, you have a bad season. Your major league career is basically at a crossroads. You take a bet on yourself one-year deal from a horrible team in the Pirates you don't even have a great start to your season, but then you really start to lock it in. You really start to redefine who you are. You're playing for a bad Pirates team, performing well. You get traded at the deadline, and when you get traded, you kind of come into St. Louis. You're sort of viewed as a middle-of-the-rotation kind of starter. Good left-hander, good adding to the rotational depth, a nice piece, somebody who can certainly help the team win a whole bunch of regular season games down the stretch. You end up pitching at such a high level and you are trusted so much. You you gain the trust of your manager and of your organization in your very short time that they trust you as so much that they will give you a game one start. It was it's really cool. And um, John Mozeliak was asked about the trade deadline, 
and acquiring Quintana and also acquiring Jordan Montgomery and what those guys have been able to do for this team. Starting with Q, um, he was someone that we felt like like his profile really matched well with our club. Um, he was someone that it, it's not necessarily a high strikeout rate, but a guy that gets ground balls, balls in play. You you pair that with our defense, we thought um, we could see more out of that, and, and certainly that has been a success. And, and um, as we envisioned, it it came through. And then in Monty's case, I, I mean, we really look at Monty as one of the better pitchers in the game, and. Um, you know, in, in, in terms of, of obviously we had to give up a quality player to get him, um, someone off your major league roster, which is not necessarily always your, your strategy um, at the trade deadline. But given the depth we had in the outfield, we thought it was something we could, could do and sustain. And uh, so far we have been able to do that. But um, both guys uh, obviously in, injected a lot of success right away to our, our organization and our team. And it was something that was much needed. And, you know, clearly we're probably not here without them. But, um, you know, sometimes you make deals, they work out. Sometimes they don't. But these particular ones certainly helped us. Yeah, they worked out in a big way. And you could just tell when Marmel was asked about the trade deadline how happy he was with the deals that were made. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's been talked about enough. It was an unbelievable um, trade deadline for us when you – identify the needs that we we had and it was stabilizing the rotation and then um, adding a couple arms in that pen but uh, at the end of the day was it the shiniest objects and the what everybody was talking about absolutely not uh, we won at the trade deadline that's the big reason why we're here today and able to sit here looking at a playoff run um, what Montgomery and Q have done for this club is unbelievable. Yeah, it's uh, it is. He's right. Uh, Paul Goldschmidt also asked about uh, his thoughts on Quintana getting that game one start. Yeah, hopefully, it continues. He's been great. You know, he was great in Pittsburgh, and he's been great for both the Chicago teams before, and we've seen him for a long time. So he, you know, mixes it up. You know, throws strikes, works fast, just all the stuff you want to have a pitcher, and uh, he's been a great teammate, and so uh, you know, been a great pickup for us. One of the interesting things that's being done with the roster was something that kind of surprised me, to be perfectly honest with you. They are going to carry all five starting pitchers on the wild card roster. That's a little bit of a rare thing because you don't need five starting pitchers. You don't need four starting pitchers. Sometimes in this situation, I would have thought maybe you carry four and the fourth guy is kind of your emergency guy that if you have a starting pitcher give you a really short start, you've got somebody who's kind of designated to come in and try to bridge the gap to not destroy your bullpen in a game, but they are going to have all five starting pitchers. So uh, Quintana and Michaelis will be your game one and game two starters, and then Montgomery, Wainwright, Flaherty, they're all going to be on the roster as well. Marmel was asked about how he's going to be able to use all the starting pitchers. It all depends on how the game looks, and uh, all those guys are prepped to be able to be used however uh, the game dictates. Um, we're going to take our shot and they'll be ready from the very beginning. So Q has game one, Miles has game two. Um, the rest of those guys, we can use them however we please, and we will. Yeah, so the, there it is. That's kind of the the way. Now, that was earlier in the day. Since then, we've gotten a little bit, uh, some details about what the roster uh, is going to look like. They have not yet officially announced anything, but multiple reporters have uh, reported a few things. Uh, Cardinals are going to go with 14 position players and 12 pitchers on the wild card roster. I like that. I like that a lot. So if you carry 13 pitchers, 
your 13th pitcher is somebody who you're probably only going to want to use in a situation where maybe you're losing big or you're up big. Like it's, I want every player on the roster to really have, be able to impact the team winning and losing. And if you carry 13 pitchers, there's a good chance that whoever that 13th pitcher is, is somebody who's not going to be relied on in those big situations. Now, if you run into some trouble, maybe maybe you wish you had that guy to be able to kind of take you through a day where your starter doesn't give you many innings and you have a, a bullpen letdown day, but you're losing that game. At that point, you're losing that game. So you if you take the if you take the extra pitcher, you're going with an extra guy to basically pitch in a game that you're going to lose. So um, I like the I like being able to go with extra position players if possible. Uh, Packy Naughton is on uh, the roster as the final lefty reliever. Hennessy Cabrera will not be. This is according to Katie Wu uh, from the Athletic. Nolan Gorman and Paul DeYoung are going to be on the roster. That one surprised me a little bit. Um, I um, I was surprised to see both of them on the roster. Like I was looking at this roster and I was trying to figure out. In what scenario do you carry a Paul DeYoung? Because DeYoung has obviously struggled in a big way offensively. And if you're not going to carry Paul DeYoung, then you need somebody else who is going to be able to um, play a middle infield spot. So for me, it kind of felt like you take a Paul DeYoung or a Nolan Gorman, and neither of those guys are hitting that well right now. So you're in a situation where you're going to take one of those two guys that hasn't done much offensively, Gorman struggled so much at the big leagues. He got sent down to AAA. He didn't do a whole lot better in a very limited amount of time at uh, at AAA. And now he's they view him as somebody who's going to be able to uh, bring some power off the bench. And I kind of view him that way as well. Like Honestly, if, if you give me Paul DeYoung or Nolan Gorman and you really need somebody to hit a home run, right now I'm going to trust Nolan Gorman to hit that home run a little bit more than I'm going to trust Paul DeYoung. But I don't trust either of them that much. And the way it looks like the roster is being put together right now, it would seem that both those players are going to end up being on the roster. So that's a little bit of a uh, surprise the way that was uh, the way that was put together. But yeah, um, we're, again, when we're talking about end of roster type moves, there's going to be a lot of people who get really upset about Paul DeYoung being on the roster. I I would get upset about Paul DeYoung being on the roster if he's in a situation where he's at the plate in a really big moment. He's got good splits against Zach Wheeler. One of our Facebook commenters commented on the fact that uh, maybe he's in there because he's got good numbers against Wheeler. If he's going to face Wheeler, he's going to have to be in the starting lineup to do so. I have a hard time believing that Paul DeYoung is going to be a starter in, in a playoff game just because he happens to have good splits against Wheeler. And if he's not starting, he's probably not going to get the opportunity to face Wheeler. Wheeler's a guy who's not thrown more than 77 pitches since recently coming off the injured list. So Wheeler's probably not going that deep uh, into the game. And, um, yeah, so I, I don't know what – Again, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what DeYoung's role is really going to be. You know, somebody like a Ben Deluzio, he has a clear role on the team. He's got a ton of speed, so you could use him as a pinch runner, and he's an elite defensive outfielder. So if you're holding a one-run lead in the ninth inning and you want to have your best defensive outfield, then you go out there and you put him out there. So, yeah, there's um, the the – it's the art of putting together a roster, which certainly uh, can get uh, it can get interesting as you go through that. And uh, we'll get the official roster either later on tonight 
or uh, we will get it uh, first thing tomorrow morning. Rosters are not due to be submitted until first thing tomorrow morning, uh, but there is a possibility that it could be announced tonight. We'll take a break. We'll continue to hear more audio. Uh, We'll get into uh, the topic of Oliver Marmel's first season, playing these games at home, a whole lot more. What the, some more roster questions as well. Even we'll look at the Phillies and what they may do uh, against the Cardinals here over the next couple of days. We'll do that. Sports Open Line does continue in just a moment on KMOX. In, in winning the division, so I think that was great, super. Um, in terms of the new format, I, I think it's a little premature to start saying whether you like it or not. Um, probably less like it less if we don't go for, forward, but that, that's not really a fair proxy. Um, you know, look, I, I, I think it's kind of exciting. Um, I think it's nice that we are rewarded with three home games. Um, you know, certainly in a in a season where you're, you're coming off of 162, lots of travel, knowing that you're here. For the next few days is is kind of nice. So um, overall, I think uh, um, I think it's a little early to say whether you like it or dislike it. But I think conceptually, um, I'm in favor of it. There's John Mosaylock, the Cardinals president of baseball operations, speaking with the media earlier today about this new playoff format. So the top two teams in each league. So for the National League, the Dodgers and the Braves, they are not playing for the next few days. They get a they get basically four or five days off before they will uh, open up play in divisional series starting next Tuesday where everybody else is playing. And uh, the Cardinals, as a division winner, they do get all three of their uh, wildcard games at home. It's interesting. I don't love the idea of buys in the baseball playoffs when it was the one round, when it was the one game wildcard round, like that didn't bother me, but I didn't like the one game thing. Like baseball isn't supposed to be, determined on one game. I mean, you can even argue that baseball shouldn't be determined on three games like this is for the wild card series. It would really make me nervous if I was one of these top two seeds in either league about not playing all these days after playing basically every day for the better part of six months. And then all of a sudden you're going to get four or five days off. Um, that would make me nervous about going into uh, that next series. And maybe that turns into a, a little bit of a benefit for the teams that are playing. Maybe the rest is uh, good enough that ends up not mattering. But, yeah, that would certainly make me a little bit nervous. One of the good things, though, about being the division winner, but the third division winner, is you do get all three of these games at home no matter what. Um, and that's been something that's been good for the Cardinals this year. They have played really, really well at home, and uh, it's clear that uh, they're excited about being able to play these games at Bush Stadium. It's important. We played well at home. Um, <laughs> the last week or so, I mean, all year, but the, the fan base has been unbelievable. And uh, what we experienced that last three here uh, before we went on the road to Pittsburgh was, uh, was incredible. I've never seen it that way. Um, it was loud. They were into it. And uh, our guys feed off of that. We enjoy it. So being able to play these three at home, pretty important. That's manager Oliver Marmel. Paul Goldschmidt also asked the same question. Yeah, hopefully it'll uh, benefit us. And, you know, we just got to go out there and play well. But, yeah, the crowd's been out. It's been great. It's been a lot of fun. We know they'll be out this weekend and um, supporting us. And I said, hopefully we can go play well and, and win some games. You know, a topic that was broached a number of times with a number of people today was the performance of first-year manager Oliver Marmel. And I don't think many people expected there to be a managerial change at the end of last season. That caught a lot of people off guard. 
and you bring in a guy who doesn't have a ton of experience and have any major league uh, managing experience, but somebody who jumped off the page in terms of his ability to communicate and just uh, how smart he is. And I, I, you can make some arguments here and there about some of the in-game moves, some of the lineup decisions that are being made. But from a big-picture perspective, it's hard to argue the job that Marmel has done this season. It has been absolutely uh, fantastic. Mosellock was uh, asked about him, and uh, he's obviously – very happy with uh, what uh, Marmel's been able to do in his first year. Yeah, Ollie's been, uh, I think, just impressive for a first-year manager, especially at his age, coming in here and, and doing what he's done. But I think one of the things that stood out to me was just his ability to, to work with players, have that balance of, of, of you know, a friendship slash I'm still the manager. I think he's done a tremendous job with, with the media. I think, the, you know, he's been candid but not over the top um so you know i look at at all the things he's done here and it's it's been he's just done an amazing job and and i think like you know we're sitting on the plane last night and i just said to him i go like you had a great year i mean you know you think about the stepping in into to what he had to deal with uh, right away getting named to to, to being a, a manager i think it was you know, quite surprising to a lot of people that we did make that change. And then for him to just to, to come in and, and do what he did was, I think, just, you know, tremendously impressive. And then I would also add, you know, we also had the labor situation. And here's a guy that, you know, you're finally named a major league manager and, like, you can't even have, like, a normal spring training. It's just there were a lot of things that, that, that were, you know, maybe, uh, you know, facing headwinds that, that normally, you know, could be uh, – they weren't expected, but yet – he handled him with grace. He handled him as a professional. And, you know, yes, he, he learned a lot. He grew a lot. But, I mean, even from day one, I think I think he hit the ground running in a, in a very positive way. So I've really enjoyed working with him on a personal level. I, I, I think he's been amazing. And uh, I know I speak for a lot of people that uh, he's, a, he's a fun guy to be around. Last thing before we wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line, the uh, Philly starter for tomorrow, Zach Wheeler, he also uh, spoke to the media He's a tough customer, and he was asked about uh, facing off against the Cardinals. A lot of good hitters, a lot of good athletes just in general. Um, you know, they play hard. They play baseball the right way. Um, you know, there's a lot of young guys also, but they're everybody that they bring up is pretty good. <laughs> you know, they, I feel like they never skip a beat over here of bringing young guys up and kind of just filling holes. Those guys step in and just, you know, hit the ground running and um, – you know, that's one thing that I've always kind of admired about this organization is this ran really well and all the young guys always come up and they're ready. And, um, you know, that's, that's good for them. But, um, you know, there's solid all the way around lineup, fielding. Obviously, they won a lot of gold gloves last year in the field. Um, good organization. All right. So tomorrow, 107 first pitch. Our coverage will begin at 12 o'clock. We'll talk to you then here on KMOX.